Hey, let's thank the Lord again for all our moms. Wow. Uh, you are super women in so many ways. And I want to turn in the scriptures with you this morning to John chapter 20, because I believe there's an incredible lesson here about how the early church turned the world upside down. As Jesus changed these new believers from the inside out, they changed, uh, the Holy Spirit changed everything that they believed about themselves and everything that they believed about how life operated. They turned them in, when the Holy Spirit turned them inside out, they started living in such a way that it turned the culture upside down. I'm getting a message, by the way, back there that a white Lincoln SUV is still running. So somebody ought to go catch it. A white Lincoln SUV is running. But anyway, take your Bibles. John chapter 20. That's your fair warning. John chapter 20. We're going to look at the gospel and women. We've already looked at how the gospel really revolutionized the way that uh, we saw ourselves But we want to see how the gospel revolutionized the world by the way it revolutionized the world's view of women. And I think this will be a great encouraging message to you, moms and ladies, but also it's an incredible message to all of us as young men, as men, as fathers, husbands, and dads to recognize what Jesus has done and what he has said about the female side of humanity about women and this passage of scripture has probably done as much as any other passage of scripture in the Bible to elevate women in the eyes of the world to where they need to be and should be and you're you're gonna see some incredible lessons here and it's the story of Mary Magdalene at the in the garden tomb following the resurrection so let's read this together now on the first day of the week it was a Sunday morning Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early. Let me just tell you, some of the other accounts show that she was not alone, that Mary, the mother of Jesus, was with her as well. But, but John selects out Mary Magdalene and her experience to teach a very important lesson. And so he focuses in on Mary Magdalene, and she came early to the tomb. And while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb... So she ran, and she went back to Simon Peter and the other disciple, to whom Jesus loved, that's John, and said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out to the other, with the other disciple, and they, they had a race to the tomb, a foot race. And uh, both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He stooped to look in. He saw the linen clothes lying there, But he did not go in. Simon just busted through. He came following him, went right into the tomb, and he saw the linen cloths lying there and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, um, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Then John, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the Scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. 
But Mary Magdalene stood weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had lain. One at the head and one at the feet. Had Peter and John just missed them? No, these angels were sent in particular, at a particular timing, by God, to make the first announcement of the risen Christ to Mary Magdalene. And so the, the, the angels speak to her, and they said to her, Women, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. And having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing. But she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener. They were in this beautiful garden with just one tomb. Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've laid him and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned to him and said in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. And Jesus said to her, do not cling to me. For I have not yet ascended to the Father. You can see her falling and his feet clinging to him. So happy to see her Savior. But he gives her a command. It says, go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord and that he had said these things to who? To her. To her. I kind of, I just have to admit, I kind of like these sci-fi movies. Is it okay if I go to see a, like a, an Avengers movie? Is that okay? Y'all going to be mad at me if I go see some of those? You're going to judge me? I, sometimes I just, I just kind of like these, these uh, sci-fi movies and uh, Avenger movies and those, and they came out with one the other day called Captain Marvel. Now, Captain Marvel uh, is about this young lady uh, who has, uh, who's been, I, I better not give away the movie, you might wonder, but anyway, she's got, it's all about her having this superpower that ha- is being confined within her. And uh, that her, uh, she had been stolen and taken captive and they weren't letting her use all of her full superpowers. And then as the movie progresses, she learns how to control and use and she becomes really the most powerful of those, these Marvel superheroes. And, and it's kind of an easy thing for you to see what, what, they're, what they're doing is they're, they're trying to, Hollywood's trying to do something um, for women that, that needs to be done. They're trying to help uh, young ladies see that they have great uh, abilities and powers and not to, not to hold those back and, and to use those. And, and, and here's the question as a pastor, or if you t- step back and you wonder, why does Hollywood have to do that? Why are they trying? And, and they don't get it right, do they? They'll take it too far. And they'll, they'll do all sorts of things, but what, what is driving our culture and what is driving our, uh, our movie industry and media to try to, to, try to lift up 
women in the eyes of the world. What is driving that? Well, here's the reality of it. And this is not a sermon against Hollywood or Vince Media. This is a sermon about what Jesus thinks about women. And here's the reality is that for eons, this has been a man's world. And women have experienced great degrees of abuse and misuse and, and truly uh, uh, not treated right in so many ways across the ages. But when you think about that and you come to this story and the early church, no other faith that has ever been No other religion, nothing has been more appealing, more supported by women than Christianity. Women, if we look at the history of the early church, it was dominated. It was was driven so much by the influx of women. Why is it that women were attracted to Christianity? Why is it that they gave their lives? The stories of the martyrs in those early churches were dominated by women who stepped forward and gave their lives to follow a risen Savior. Jesus said something about women the rest of the world wouldn't say. And we got to be honest about that. we got to look at it. And we got to think about what is it that Jesus did that draws women to their Creator, And to their Lord and to their Savior. Jesus made a promise. He says, I have come that you may have life and have it, what? Abundantly. He says, I'm going to come to men and to women. And I want both to have an abundant new life. To be new creatures. And so what I, what, the reason that I'm, a, I'm preaching this and I think we ought to talk about it more is we should not let Hollywood define what a woman is. Amen? But we should not neglect to make sure we know what Jesus says about women and what the Bible clearly says about their role in this world, about their, their role in the eyes of God. And so I want to look at what Jesus teaches us. He makes three incredible declarations, truths about women through this story of Mary Magdalene. This is not Hollywood. This is Scripture. This is truth. And and, and it's so true that it, it revolutionized the Roman world, because Christ came into a very anti-female world and turned it upside down with his teaching. Historian W. Lecky credits women in the great conversion of the Roman Empire. In the ages of persecution, female figures occupy many of the foremost places and ranks of martyrdom. Every church historian knows women commonly were more active in the early church than men. Leopold Charnack says, Christendom dare not forget that it was primarily the female sex that for the greater part brought about its rapid growth. It was the evangelistic zeal of women in the early years of the church and later which won the weak and the mighty. Christianity's, listen to this, Christianity's growth was also to no small degree the result of Christian women not practicing abortion or infanticide. 
both of which were extremely common among the Greco-Romans. Unlike the pagans, the Christians valued baby girls as much as baby boys. They added to the church's membership. Moreover, when Christian women married pagan husbands, and they had pagan husbands, they took their children to church. The overwhelming majority of children in these mixed marriages between a, a, an, a lost husband and a, and a saved woman, most of those children were raised within the church, and it turned the world upside down. Rodney Stark says the early Christian community may well have been about 60% female. Now, why do I say that? It is not to diminish the importance of the apostles and, the, and those men that were part of the church, but to just make sure we know that the world was turned upside down because women met Jesus. And when Jesus came into their lives, they saw who they really were. They met the one and true and only superhero, and that's Jesus. And he changed their lives. Why was Christianity so life-changing and popular among the women of those early days? Well, I think this story had a lot to do with it. This story where Jesus intentionally waits until Peter and John were gone, And Mary Magdalene, now think about who Mary Magdalene was. One thing we do know about her, some would say she's one of the the prostitutes that was forgiven. We don't know that for sure, but what we do know is that she had been filled with seven demons and Jesus had cast those demons out of her and she had become a close disciple and follower of Jesus. Jesus was one of the very few that had female followers and female disciples and he welcomed them. And Jesus intentionally works the events of that resurrection morning. He intentionally works the timing of the angels, the timing of him happening to stand there. This was not an accident. He worked it to teach us something about the role of women and to teach us what their value to us, their value to the world, and he elevates them like no one else in human history has ever elevated them. He gave Mary Magdalene the privilege and distinction of being the first person to recognize and proclaim Jesus is Lord. To be the first to share the full gospel with the disciples. I have seen the risen Christ. Now why would he do that? To teach us. To correct some wrongs. To make sure That we know how God views it. Well, there's three truths that he delivers to us. He declares through this story of having Mary Magdalene, a previously demon-possessed single woman, there in the garden. uh, And and see, the world's going to twist it. The world came up with an idea a while ago that Mary Magdalene was Jesus' wife. That is a distraction of the devil to get us away from the true message That God has a purpose and a power for this woman that is undeniable and he is lifting her up as as an example to all women that God is for you and has a plan for your life. The first thing that is demonstrated by the fact that Mary Magdalene is used in this way is that women are more valuable than any society 
has ever told them. When we look back through history, let's just look at the the history Mary Magdalene was born into. The Greek wife, let's just take Greece. The Greek, Greek wife had literally no freedom. Even in Sparta, where men, women were, had more freedom than in Athens, men kept their wives under lock and key. The average Athenian woman had the social status of a slave. The Athenian woman was also deemed inferior to men. And we think of the Greeks and Romans of, as having this advanced civilization. The woman in that society was considered on the status of a slave, inferior to man. Like the Greeks, the Romans valued baby girls significantly less, so they accounted for most of the infanticides. However, the early Christians that I just previously noted consistently opposed infanticide, not just for boys, but the early Christians said don't... uh, uh, do not kill the girls. They saw Christ as having redeemed both male and female. The man in the Roman Empire was given uh, the place of pater familias. This was a rule. He had supreme, absolute power over his children, even when grown, including grandchildren. He alone had the power to divorce his wife. He, had, he possessed the power to execute his children. He could even execute his married daughter if she committed adultery. The husband in that Roman Empire had this, this, this power over life and death. And it's no wonder when Paul came in and started saying, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church. Lay down your life. Can you imagine what a radical teaching that was? The Jewish backdrop for women was no better. In the Jewish walk, in the Hebrew culture, it was just as badly biased. The rabbinic oral law of Mary's day barred women from testifying in court. They were not considered reliable witnesses. And Jesus said, all right, well, I'll make one my first witness. And like the Athenians, the Jews barred women from public speaking. The oral law taught that out of respect of the congregation, the rabbinical oral law said the woman should not read the Torah. Another rabbinic teaching proclaimed that it was shameful to hear a woman's voice in public among men. Still another taught, let the words of the law be burned rather than committed to a woman. Synagogue worship consisted entirely of male participants. And when you go to, when you go to Israel even today at the Wailing Wall, there's a, there's, a, there's a veil, there's a big division. The men on one side and the women on the other. And it is into this world that Jesus says, I'm going to declare truth to this world. And one of the ways I'm going to do it is I am going to take Mary Magdalene a demon-possessed woman who I set free, and I am going to let her be the one who declare to the disciples, Jesus is alive. Don't miss the significance of this moment. Hollywood's 2,000 years behind Jesus. And they cannot say anything nearly as wonderful as Jesus. In fact, they, they'll get it all twisted. And they'll go way 
beyond into areas that ultimately would bring disgrace to both men and women. Let Jesus show you. There were a couple of incidents in the New Testament that are important to realize. Both of them involved Mary and Martha. Remember Mary and Martha? And this, was, this is interesting that John has, them, um, has one of them in his and, and one of them is in Luke. But Mary and Martha were sisters. And I never realized that until I was studying it this week. We tell the story about how Martha was the busybody, the cook, and she wanted to make sure everybody was happy at the, at the lunch, right, that Jesus was there. And Mary was at the feet of Jesus, learning from Jesus, and Martha got really mad at Mary. Why aren't you, why? Jesus rebuke her, and I always thought it was rebuke her because she's being lazy. She needs to help get up and do some of this stuff she's making me do all by itself. But there was much more to it than that. You see, Mary was breaking the rabbinical law. By sitting at the feet of the rabbi while he was teaching men. And Jesus said, no, she has chosen the what? The better thing. And so Jesus said, Martha, you too are welcome. Beyond the veil, you sit at my feet and learn next to Peter and John. You learn with these guys. Then there's this remarkable moment where Jesus comes to Martha on the way to Lazarus' tomb. Remember her brother Lazarus had died. Martha meets him on the way and says, If you had been there, my brother would not have been dead. And Jesus makes one of the most remarkable, perhaps the most remarkable statement he made in all of his teaching. He looked at Martha and he said, I am the resurrection and the If you believe in me, even though you die, you shall. He makes this incredible statement to Martha. And then he does something that no rabbi in that day would have done. He asked the woman a question publicly and allowed her to respond publicly. He said, Martha, do you believe this? Now, in our culture, we miss this. But let me tell you, the women in that culture time of Jesus didn't miss this he didn't miss this they didn't miss it Jesus brought more value and gives more value to the woman than any culture or society ever has and it turned the world upside down in this story Jesus chooses her over others he calls her by name Mary he asks her in this passage of scripture for a public response and she gives him one and he sends her as his first witness this turned the world's view of women upside down so in the early church let me tell you what the early Christian church was like In the early Christian church, if you had been there, ladies, you would have received the same biblical instruction as did your husband. You would have been baptized just like a man. You were participating equally with men in receiving the Lord's Supper. You would have prayed and sung right alongside with men in the worship settings. Again, that doesn't seem any uh, that unusual to us. 
Where did this start? Where did this start? This, what we experience here today, it started with the risen Savior. It started with the risen Christ. Now, there's something else this story teaches. We're jumping ahead in our outline here. The second thing that it teaches us is that women are redeemed and restored by the Savior who created them. There is some symbolism, and I think there's a reason for this story that I, I have never seen. And as I meditated and thought through this patches of Scripture, I think, I believe, this is one of the reasons Jesus chose this to happen. Eve was, this is, I think, a direct picture of how Jesus has come to reverse the Garden of Eden with the garden of his tomb. He comes and he, he says, I am going to reverse the curse upon Adam, and I'm going to reverse the curse upon Eve. I have come not only to die for and redeem and restore men, I have come to die for and restore and redeem women. And if you think about it, Eve was in a garden. She was in a garden, and she was searching She was searching for something, and she discovered it in the wrong thing. Eve was approached by a serpent who was filled with the presence of Satan. She was approached by the serpent. Mary was approached by the Savior. Eve's eyes went went to the forbidden fruit. Mary's eyes went to the fruit of the resurrection, Jesus Christ, the fruit of a different tree, the cross. Say amen if you're following me. And so we see right here, Jesus sets it up and he says, I, I want the world to know through my resurrection, we're starting over. I'm a new Adam. And this Adam is going to do for women what the first Adam failed to do. And he comes and he says, I am going to stand and I'm going to give my life and I'm going to destroy the serpent destroy the devil in his work and I'm going to give to a woman and any woman who wants it the the water of life I'm going to give her the bread of life I'm going to give her new life if she will take my word trust my word I will bring her and redeem her out of the garden of failure and I will redeem that man Adam out of the garden of failure and I will establish them in a new kingdom Think about it. Eve took the fruit and said, you want to try it, Adam? And Adam said, oh, yeah, I want to try it. Mary Magdalene took the fruit. Jesus is alive. And she came to the disciples and said, believe this. Take And those disciples didn't die that day. They lived. They lived. Man, I just love the Bible. And I love a God who would make it so clear that ladies and gentlemen, no matter what sin you've committed, He can redeem you. No matter what sin has been committed against you, He's going to make it right. He will restore you and lift you and give you eternal life. 
And, and Mary Magdalene is such a message of hope and redemption. It's almost like Jesus said, who among my disciples can I pull aside so that nobody at Westside on that day can, can say, I've sinned too much or I've sinned too far. And, 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 and to help everybody see the full scope of what Christ came to do was to start a new humanity through his death, burial, and resurrection. And this new humanity was birthed out of the garden of Jesus' tomb, not out of the garden of Eden. And this new humanity began to turn the world upside down. And women saw in Jesus... That he gave them a value no society had ever given them. And I don't think any society ever could. You got to watch, watch Hollywood, folks. Because they even took Captain Marvel. And they took a beautiful blonde with blue eyes and put her in an outfit 98% of women couldn't wear. Why? Society's broken. Culture's broken. Hollywood's broken. Don't let them teach you about what makes a superhuman woman. Your supernatural power and your worth comes from one person, Jesus, your creator. And he redeemed and restored you to your creator. And listen, the problem is, is that both women and men redeemed, we're still redeemed and being sanctified and restored in a broken world. And so not long into the early church, sin started attacking the early church and Paul's writing these letters because there were there were sinful women that came in and were abusing their newfound freedoms. And there were sinful men who came into the early church and started trying to put women back into their spot that was culturally culturally significant and would help them. And so the church just battles. We battle that. And, and so we really, need to, we really need to focus. What does Jesus tell you in this story? Women have incredible value. They are redeemed and restored. And you can't look at them like Eve. And women, you can't look at us men like Adam in all of our sin and all of our failure. We are redeemed and restored by the risen Christ. So let me give you the third thing. Jesus declared by giving Mary Magdalene this incredible purpose. He is declaring that women and men are given purpose and given power. That no one else can deny them. Your purpose and your power come through the Holy Spirit of God that enters into your heart and into your life. The ultimate power... In our day, ladies, don't let them tell you that the power is in your beauty. Beauty's a good thing. Or it's the, your ultimate power is not in the degree. It's not in how much money you make. It's not in what kind of husband you get. The power is not in, 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 in whether you can, you can go out and 
went on the battlefield. Put all of that aside and understand that the hope for every woman is the fearless hope we have in Jesus Christ. It's a fearless hope, steadfast hope that the superpower of the world, the only superhero, the Lord Jesus, His Spirit dwells within us. He's established our value. He has set us on our purpose. He has gifted us. He has put us in His plan. And we are to live this life under His command. And I'm telling you, there's a freedom in that, isn't there, ladies? There's a freedom in knowing Christ is in you, the hope of glory. And in the, the men and the women who get it wrong are the ones who will say, well, look at me. I've got my own personal power, and I'm going to control women. Or I look at me, I've got my personal power, and I'm going to control men. What we're going to see as we continue through this study is that it is, it is men and women controlled by him that changed the world. And then in Matthew, I mean in Ephesians it says, men and women, you yield and submit to one another under the power of the Holy Spirit, and you will become a supernatural force in this world that can slay any enemy. just love that verse. Verse 18. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples. I just see her walking in. I just put it in modern day terms. Guys, I know you're probably not going to believe me, but for some reason, Jesus has chosen me to tell you this. He's alive. And he told me. So what do we do? Ladies, can I just say you do have superpowers? Don't give them up. We as men wish we had your superpower of perception. Eyes in the back of your head. The ability to know what we're thinking when we haven't said anything. That power of perception must be under the control of the Holy Spirit. Or it's a weapon for destruction. Moms, ladies, you've been given the power of prayer. Superpower. Direct access to the God of the universe. Wield it. Use it mightily. It's a superpower far stronger than your beauty pray
You have a superpower, ladies, of praise. Not just praising God, but praising your children, praising that husband. Your words of affirmation and praise can change lives. Use it. Because if you don't turn that tongue towards praise, that power can be turned in the wrong direction and bring death to a marriage, death to a husband. So use that mighty power of praise, that mighty power of prayer, that mighty power of perception under the control of the Holy Spirit. And it will turn the world you live in upside down. You're much more. The world's going to look at you and say you need to be a pretty face, a perfect soccer mom, a successful career woman, a strong, outspoken, competitive person, a brilliant student. You need to look and act like Captain Marvel. Can I just tell you, just keep your eye on Mary Magdalene. Follow her footsteps. Here's what she did, three things. And guys, write these down. This is what all of us need. She sought Jesus. She sought him. One of the reasons Jesus was able to use her that morning is she kept searching for him. You get tired of your husbands not finding stuff at home? Did you look in the right place? Yes. How long did you look? I don't know what it is. We just have to, I looked, I didn't see it, I couldn't kill it, so it's, it's gone. But in all seriousness, seek Jesus every day. Seek Him. Go to the garden every day. Search and seek Jesus. He says this. He says, if you seek me, if ask and it will be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks it will be opened. And, and, and Jesus says, seek first, ladies, the kingdom of God. And those things the world is going to make you worry about. Those things, he'll take care of those things. So seek the Lord for your satisfaction. Seek in Jesus your sense of identity and sense of value. The second thing that she did is she submitted to Jesus. When Jesus said, this is what I'd like for you to do, let go of me and go tell my disciples. She yielded to the, the will of the, the Father. She did what Jesus said. So much of our issues are because we're just simply not willing to yield our hearts to what the Word of God says about how we're to live our lives and how we're to relate with one another. Listen, let the Holy Spirit yield to the Holy Spirit and yield to the Word of God. Know what the Word of God says about how to be a woman. And then you just yield to Jesus. 
And you walk in those footsteps, and I'm, I'm telling you, Jesus has for you that which will make you most glorious to him and most joyful in your heart. Trust his word. Trust his spirit. And finally, share Jesus the way Mary Magdalene shared him. Share him in whatever setting God has put you as a business owner, as a doctor, as a mom, a leader. However God has you, you are a messenger of the risen Christ. So share Jesus. And I'm telling you, there's something powerful, powerful in a woman's voice saying, he's alive. He's alive. Share Jesus. Let's pray together. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you went out of your way to declare the value of Mary so that every woman in the future could see herself in her, being fully redeemed, fully restored, saved from her sin, given grace, filled with power, filled with purpose, and sent on mission. God, I pray you'll use this message to lift the hearts of moms and women and young ladies and young girls to know where they stand with you. Help us as men, fathers, dads, husbands, help us to nourish that, cherish that, encourage that every step of the way. Help us seek you, Lord Jesus. Help us submit to you. Help us share you as we go. In Jesus' name, amen.